Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriots Radio News Hour live on this hump day. Happy Wednesday. The middle of October, actually past the middle of October, the 18th of October. Happy Wednesday. I hope all is well with you. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Wealth insurance, the physical delivery of it, gold and silver. We will be 100% caught up uh, here in the next 48 hours. All the metals plans, all the, uh, the the people waiting on silver, which was my fault. I apologize. All that's getting out. All of that will be done in the next uh, 48 hours, and we'll get everybody all taken care of, just like we always do. And we appreciate everybody and their patience and our toll-free number again, 800 We are in the middle, again, of a spectacular sale. Uh, yesterday was a tough day. I had a one, I guess, you know, really, if you think about it, probably one of our longest customers. You know, to be a customer somewhere for over 20 years, that's saying something. And uh, had passed, and we ran the... Uh, a $20 Liberty special uh, for the family. And then yesterday afternoon, we we got a call from a customer. This one's actually here in Arizona and said, hey, I, I need to uh, come up with some money. And can I do a similar thing? And we said, absolutely. Uh, so we have, again, U.S. $20 Liberties. They're twelve hundred and eighty dollars again today. We 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 almost sold out of them yesterday. I was surprised we didn't, but we we've got maybe uh, about twenty five total now uh, with the other uh, customer coming in today, and that puts it right right at spot right now at twelve hundred and eighty on U.S. twenty dollar liberties. It's just amazing, uh, just a great opportunity. We're going to tell you why it's so great in just a little bit. Uh, the website at All American Gold dot com uh, or all you, you get out there it's the best educational website in the industry bar none you know because knowledge is power the reason why you listen right here because you don't listen you can if you want you know someone to blow uh bs up your butt you can get that somewhere else right and if you want to uh go out and, and listen to political radio whether it's the left or the right you can you can do that as well but if you really want to get into why it is that we're having the struggles that we do today, you listen right here. Because, you know what, I'll tell you right now, it is not rocket science. It's not even complicated. They've made it that way. And the funny thing is, is most people, they don't want to know. Right? They don't. Listen, they'd much rather, hey, let me turn on the sports radio. Let me find out how the Cardinals are doing or how the Broncos are doing or or who won the playoff game yesterday or who did this or basketball or whatever it may be. Right? Let me let me turn on uh you know, XM radio and listen to the comedy channel because it's easy. You know, being being a listener to the show, it's not easy. Right, because I'm going to make you think. Right, and and there's, you know, what's funny is there's more and more and more of us as time goes by. Even now, 
right? Even during the, the quote-unquote good time. You know, it, it was so funny when, and I tell the story all the time, of when I first met Eric. And for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, you know, Eric used to own Patriot, uh, my wife's uncle, uh, Uncle Eric. Me and him were partners for, man, well, 10 years, 10, 11 years, and then, and then I bought him out, and now I own it. But I first met Eric in the late 90s. And, and I always thought, man, he was a great guy. I mean, funny, right, articulate smart and we we played a lot of golf together you know we just had fun together and you know after golf or or maybe uh on a weekend we're having a barbecue or whatever we'd start talking about stuff that was going on and and he would be talking about nafta and he'd be talking about gat he'd be talking about you know the federal reserve and alan greenspan and 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 I was just taking it all in, you know. And at the time, I, I was a, uh, you know, a CNBC, Fox News junkie. I was a, I thought, you know, I was telling people that, hey, the NASDAQ's going to take the Dow out. That was me, right? That was me. And believe it or not, because of Eric, I actually got out of the NASDAQ. You know, it wasn't at the top top, but pretty close to the top because I used that money, sold the stock. That's how me and Sarah got our first house. But I had it. You know, I had it all. You know, I had the Cisco's and the and the Yahoo's and, and all of those. The uh, what was it, uh, man? And, and I had it right on the tip of my tongue. They're not in business anymore. Anyway, they actually had a bunch of places here in town. They're gone. But I, I, the name eludes me now, of course. But I would go back and I'd tell my wife, I go, man, I really like your. I mean, we, I did. He was like my boyfriend. We're having like a a bromance. But man, is he nuts? You know, that was my in my my feeling. You know, the the tinfoil helmet wearing guy in the basement, right? That was him. And then as I'm watching CNBC and I'm watching. Fox and I'm and I'm listening to wherever I'm getting my news from. His words they're in the back of my head. And all of a sudden my my BS meter keeps going off all the time. Now not only am I a client, I own the company. Painter Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. out in the cellar so yeah eric ruined it for me he did because once once you start here it's hard to go back you can't go back anymore because you listen and you don't lie no right spin you know it's it's like uh i saw this guy art laffer right and uh we've mentioned his name over the years he was on uh, Reagan's Economic Council, and I think he was on 
one of the Bushes. You know, he's one of those guys. And uh, he was on the idiot box talking about the tax cuts and and, and how great it's going to be and totally just, you know, trying to, to talk about the Reagan era and this is going to be Reagan-esque. It's not. And I hate that. I want it to be. I mean, who wouldn't want that? But what they don't want you to know, right, is, hey, listen, most of the economic stimulus probably didn't come from the tax cuts at all. Please think about it. We've done lots of tax cuts since then. I mean, pretty much every president, right, at some point tries to get some kind of tax cut done, and it's never worked as good as Reagan. Well, the biggest piece was interest rates went from 20% to 6 right? You don't need a tax cut for that. But today, the Treasury Secretary has been out. Uh, Steve Mnuchin. And and I'm going to say this. I normally, I, I'm going to give him a lot of credit, which normally I don't do. And, and I'm going to give him credit because today, you know what? He just told people the truth. Hey, if you don't give us a tax cut, Wall Street's going down. That's what he said. If you don't give us this tax cut, Wall Street is going to go down. And, 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 and really, when you think about the statement and why he, he brings it up, what do you think that really says about the true health of what's really happening here? You know, and of course, Wall Street stopped being an indicator of the U.S. economy, you know, over 20 years ago. After Really, ever since they passed NAFTA and GATT, it's become less and less uh, the pulse of the economy. But he came out, and I mean, he really made some really impressive statements. You know, and he had an interview with uh, Politico, okay, and that got published today. And... He said, faced with economic analysis, showing the White House plan to cut corporate and personal income taxes provides big gains for wealthy Americans. Mnuchin called that result unavoidable, right? Can't avoid it, right? What essentially what we're talking about is we're going to give money to a bunch of rich corporations and a bunch of rich people. And again, I, I'm sounding almost liberal-esque. Quite honestly, I think most of the taxes should go away. And of course, most of the things that the government provides should go away with it. I mean, we'd be a lot better off. Of course, and then, you know, they reverberate the whole company line. The top 20% pay 95% of the taxes. The top 10% pay 81% of the taxes. And, and of course, again, this is federal income tax we're talking about. Everybody pays tax. You, you live in this country, you pay it. Right? Whether that's a payroll tax, a sales tax, right? There's tax everywhere. Matter of fact, you know what? One of the nice things here. No tax on precious metals in Arizona. So when you buy from us, uh, whatever the price is, that's the price. So when you're cutting taxes across the board, it's very hard not to give tax cuts to the wealthy when you give tax cuts to the middle class, he said. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. 
the top 10% pay 81% of the tax. <laughs> uh, why not? And then, of course, the reason is, is really because it's really, really we're talking about 1% pay the vast majority. But the the people at the end, the people making, you know, around 250000 fall into that bucket. I mean, there's really not that much wealth here, though. For all the things they talk about, you know, and I laugh because they have those commercials and people, you know, they've got the, the, the orange money or they've got the people walking around with, with uh, big dollar signs, you know, and, and, and talking about how big their IRAs are and all that stuff. And then you find out, you know, the vast majority of people in the United States, 70%, don't even make 50 grand. That's a fact. The math, given how much you are collecting, is just hard to do. It's not hard to do. Sorry there, Steve, not that hard to do. The math, actually, is probably the simplest part. Of course, this latest, I guess, interview, the latest comments, a dramatic reversal from the initial... uh, assertions on the subject, of course, talking about how the wealthiest Americans would not receive a tax cut, and of course they are. And I only bring this up because you need to understand what's really going to happen. We're trying to continue to pretend and giving out tax cuts to corporations so Wall Street can look good. You know, when you go back all the way from the financial crisis just to today. When is it enough already? When are we going to actually start doing something for the real people in this country? Because, you know, they, they talk about the $3 trillion overseas, like that's just some, some uh, economic nirvana. We bring that stuff home all the time. Again, that's another one of these things. Almost every president since the millennial has given some type of reprieve for these companies to bring money home. They're not going to bring $3 trillion back home. They're going to bring enough back to buy back their own stock. You know what I would say is let it all come home, but you have to, when you do it, you can do it tax-free, but you actually have to spend the job, spend the money Building factories, hiring workers, giving pay raises. You can bring it all back for free. You know how many you know how many would take advantage of it? None. They wouldn't they wouldn't bring it back at all. Right? We all know that. It would be simple to do. Matter of fact, you can make that the law of all time. Hey, you can bring any profits home tax free anytime you want. You can bring them back this year, next year. Five years, ten years from now, buddy, let me tell you what you got to do. You got to pay your workers. You got to build factories. You got to build plants. You got to build stores. You got to, whatever it is you're doing, you got to spend it on the American people. Can't do it. You know what? Can't buy you back your stock with it. That you can't do. You know what? In that case, they wouldn't bring it up back at all. When when we work with Congress and go through this, he said, it will be very, very clear. This is a middle-income tax cut, right? And, of course, you've got to remember how many people actually work in the middle. 
and I guess that's the harder part. If seventy percent don't make fifty, and then I don't. Are we at that point where you know if you make fifty, are you middle class anymore? I think it's real close. You're probably you're probably in there. They want to definitely put you in the bucket that you're in there. But if you've got, especially if you you're married, you, know, you got a wife and a couple of kids, fifty grand it don't go very far. But the amount of American workers actually in the middle, and I, and I view the middle as you know, I don't know, fifty to one twenty-five ish. Right, that's somewhere in the middle, and and and, uh, and let's face it, if you're in some big cities, and, uh, and uh, let me rephrase, in some expensive places, right, like uh, Cal, you know, the big San Diego, L.A., uh, San Francisco, uh, Seattle, New York, Chicago, one twenty-five is nothing there, right? We know that, but there's not very many people in the middle. There's just not that many people left in the middle class anymore. And he went on to say the priority has been not cutting taxes for the the high end, but the priority is about creating a middle middle class tax cut. So we'll just have to see where it comes out. (laughs) And I give him credit, right? Because listen, he's letting you know. Hey, listen, this is really going to be for Wall Street and the rich people. We're going to make a lot more money on this. And and therefore, sorry. And, and it's just the math's too hard. It's too complicated. right? And, and we're going to take that and we're going to live with it because every time you turn on TV, like I said, people that don't listen to this show, all as they hear is there's going to be a middle-class tax cut, and I want it. All of us want to pay less. I actually want less government. Remember when people used to talk about less government? You know what? No one talks about it anymore. Well, me, that's about it. Everybody wants more government. But the realities are, at the end of the day, and Steve Mnuchin kind of let the cat out of the bag today. The wealthy are going to get a big tax cut. And by the way, if you don't give it to us, Wall Street's done. And I and I mentioned that because it really tells you how what the real health of the United States really is. I mean, we've already bailed them out, right? We bailed them out in oh six, oh seven, oh eight, right? We did quantitative easing. That wasn't for us, right? The buying of all of this, all of these bonds, that wasn't for you and me. It didn't keep one person in their house. It didn't keep one person from losing their job. You know what it did? It helped out Wall Street. We've given them all kinds of breaks. Why do you think Wall Street's at an all-time high and GDP's at 2%? (laughs) Which don't go together. Well, the answer's simple. Because they've been living on a bailout from the government for the last decade. And now they want to give them more. And he's right. You know what? If you don't give them more, then it's all over with. By the way, the Dow is very comfortable that they're very happy with the Treasury Secretary's comments. It's up 140 points today. Right? New all-time high, I think, across the board. 
The Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ, they love it. And then they try to somehow, they try to sit there and tell us, this is going to create jobs. Show me the tax cuts that created the jobs. Show me. I already told you about Reagan. Right, Reagan had every time. Let me tell you, and he was the right leader at the right time. I'm convinced I, Ronald Reagan still my favorite president. Because he was, he was a great communicator without a doubt. But he had a bunch of things in his favor. The really high rate. They created that Social Security thing, right? People forget, you know how much extra money they got from that that they didn't tell us about? They were spending hundreds of billions of dollars every year, more than they were taking in. But when you looked at the deficits back then, the deficits were like $100 billion. You know, they're $100 billion not including the $300 billion in Social Security trust fund money we spent, right? I mean, really, you know, when you think about it, that's what really was happening. And so now we're sitting there, and I'm hearing a lot of talk. I don't know if, if the tax cuts are going to go this year or not. There's questions about that. But Steve Mnuchin doing his part as the faithful Treasury Secretary to try to make sure that it happens by threatening America. By the way, the rich people need to get their cut. I mean, they don't. Right? The answer is really simple. Just don't. Hey, if you're in the top 10%, you don't get one. How, how complicated is that? It's not complicated. And it may even have to be 5%. I don't know if 10%, 10% may be too much. Too many people making 120 grand fall into that number. Patriot Radio News Hour. Now we're going to get to the economic data of the day when we return. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. Women can excel in many fields that don't require the same physical strength as a man, writing computer code, for example. But as we learned from the 10-page memorandum written by James Damore, the 28-year-old engineer recently fired by Google, not that many women are interested in doing that kind of work. Google has been under federal investigation to explain why only 21% of its technical workforce is female. In his well-researched paper, Seeking to Explain That Disparity, Damore mentioned various reasons why more men than women gravitate toward tech work. For a host of reasons, Damore wrote, Women on average show a higher interest in people and men in things. Women on average are more cooperative. Women on average look for more work-life balance, while men have a higher drive for status on average. Damore's memo didn't sit well with Google's vice president for diversity and inclusion, who said it advanced incorrect assumptions about gender. The next day, Damore was fired for, quote, perpetuating gender stereotypes and escorted off the premises, known as the Googleplex, with the promise that his personal effects would be mailed to him. Well, the Google engineer was careful to concede that, I'm not saying diversity is bad or that we shouldn't try to correct for existing biases, but that wasn't enough to save his job. The feminist dogma is that anything less than 50-50 representation can only be the result of discrimination, oppression, and sexism. Damore pointed out, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, 
Google's left bias has created a politically correct monoculture that maintains its hold by shaming dissenters into silence. He added that at Google, and presumably other major corporations, there is an ideological echo chamber where some ideas are too sacred to be honestly discussed. There's an irony in Google's defense of freedom on the Internet for their own self-interest, while at the same time censoring their own employees. Google itself would never have been so profitable without free speech, and yet they've become a censor they've urged the government not to be. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Political correctness is no longer simply about restricting speech. This tool for tyranny has led to employees being fired, pastors silenced, small businesses closed, and truth suppressed. Thankfully, the politically correct can't censor the work at phyllisschlafly.com. Join us, won't you, at phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, 800-951-0592, U.S. $20 liberties, $1,280, that's a dollar below spot right now, spot's at $1,281, and I'm going to tell you this little pullback here, it's almost over, and, I, and I'll get to that in a minute, but I'm going to give you the exact quote from Mnuchin today, to the extent we get the tax deal done. The stock market will go up higher, right? Okay. In other words, kind of saying, "Hey, the more money we we give to the corporations, the more breaks we give them, the higher the stock market's going to go." Right? And that makes sense, right? Hey, if there was money they were paying in taxes, they don't have to pay. Their profits will be better. But there's no question in my mind that if we don't get it done. You're going to receive. You're going to see a reversal of a significant amount, <laughs> right? This kind of letting you know again. This isn't a rally. This isn't a market that's being driven by fundamentals. This isn't a rally, and I know it's hard. You don't want to hear it, but it's the truth, right? The 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 all time record high in stocks aren't because corporates are making record high profits, right? That's what we'd want, right? That would be great. The, the realities are the profits today, they're no better than 10 years ago. Now, a bunch of people have been able to refinance debt and save money, right? So it, you get that uh, uh, increase in profit that way. Hey, we, we took hundreds of billions of dollars and refinanced it at a lower rate. We actually don't sell any more stuff. We're not any more profitable uh, than we were before, but we refinanced some debt. Uh, we borrowed a bunch of money, bought back our, a bunch of our stock, so now we got less shares outstanding. But again, right, revenue isn't higher, profits aren't higher. And that's really, like I said, this has kind of been the big made, uh, engineered made by whether it be the Federal Reserve, Washington, think about it. we're running a trillion dollars a year in debt. Nobody wants to talk about it. Because they know, well, if we talk about it, right, well, then we're going to have to shut off the faucet. If we shut off the faucet, there's going to be a huge crash in the market. And 
and I, I don't care. You know what? Either way, whether they and, and again, I said this yesterday. It doesn't matter who they pick for Fed governor. And like I said, it's really only two people: Powell, who I still think is going to get it, or, or Janet Yellen. I mean, in my mind, that's all there is. And both of them, neither one of them is very uh, hawkish. And, and, and really, any of them, it really doesn't matter. Pick any of them, even the the real big hawk. There's no hawks. And nobody's talking about bringing the Fed funds rate back to five, six, seven, eight percent. Nobody. Right? A hawk doesn't exist, right? We've just changed what the hawk looks like, right? The hawk, the a hawk now is the pigeon. And, and really, when you, you know, a lot of those things, you know, people say, oh, consumer confidence or, or business confidence is at an all-time high compared to what? Is that an all-time high compared to, well, you know what, it got really, really, really bad. And now the, it's not great, feels a whole lot better. But if you had ticked this into a different decade, everyone would be like, it's not very good. Goldman Sachs. Of course, you know, we like to call them golden sucks here. But they made, uh, I, I almost fell out of my chair. Goldman believes, and this was uh, released yesterday, precious metals, right, wealth insurance, okay, remember what, what it is, remains a relevant asset class in modern portfolios. If you don't own any, I'm going to be, you know, I'll be just people, you're a fool if you don't own it. If you have all of your, all of your assets in the debt markets, you deserve what you get. You do. Right? Just like anybody, listen, if you had all of your uh, money in, in the housing market during the crash, you know what? I didn't feel that bad for you. Now, dude, I feel bad for all my friends who, hey, this was my home. This is it. I don't, I don't have five homes. I don't have 12 homes. I don't have rental property. I, my family lives here. It was devastating. Despite their lack of yield. Now remember, before the crash, and I know it's hard to you, right? You forget a lot of things. Remember what all of these people, they'd come out on TV, they'd write newsletters. You don't want to own gold because it doesn't pay. Right back, back when we remember back when you used to be able to get interest on your savings account. Back when you could buy a CD and get seven or eight percent, or or buy a treasury bond. Remember, if you're over fifty-five, you weren't supposed to own any stock. You're supposed to have it in real safe stuff like bonds and live off the interest. See, I think Goldman's got this feeling that this nirvana period's about over. I think they think the rate hikes are about done. Like I said, even it doesn't matter. Even the biggest hawk out there is only talking about a, a Fed funds rate of two. And they only want to get to two so when the recession comes, they can lower it uh, be, you know, more times before it gets to zero and eventually goes below zero. But I'm going to read you the line again. Precious metals remain a relevant asset class in modern portfolios despite their lack of yield. And I know that we live here, so we don't see it, but all these bonds, listen, in, in Japan and Europe, all of their yields, and I shouldn't say all, but all of their longer yields are still negative. But Goldman's kind of hinting, 
right? They're kind of saying, yeah, you know what, don't worry, Treasury yields, you know, maybe, 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 and I doubt it, but maybe they get to three, but then they're going to start heading the other way again. And they disagree with Ben Bernanke and the naysayers. They are neither a historic accident or a relic. Right? And remember now, this is, oh, gold, it's, gold had its time. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a, a, an accident. It should have never been money, or, or that was the money of the old ways. Goldman's letting everybody know. And remember, I've been telling everybody, listen, all fiat money goes the, goes the same way. They write books about it. Read one. It's going to zero. There's only one one thing that's been money for thousands and thousands of years. And none of it's been fiat, right? We're talking gold and silver. That's all there is. There, there's not another example. By looking at each of the physical properties of an ideal long-term store of value, but that's the insurance part. Right? You're taking some of your hard-earned wealth, and you're like, I want to keep that. I want to keep that buying power. That's what gold is. We'll finish with the rest of what Goldman Sachs said. Make sure don't let the day go by. Pick up some of these 20s. Reading from Goldman Sachs, this was 91 pages, by the way. And this isn't the made-for-TV stuff, right, where they've got some guy, you know, some chief strategist from a certain uh, sector of Goldman coming out on the idiot box and and talking about uh, the next three weeks. This is Goldman digging in and actually doing some actual credible research and talking about long-term trends. And one of the things that we talked about, you know, yesterday we did this show. If you didn't listen to it, you need to listen to it. We talked about mining supply and the fact that for the first time, really in decades, no deposits of fifty million, no deposits of thirty million ounces. By the way, in 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 the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, just in those two categories. Fifty million ounce deposits, thirty million ounce deposits. There was three hundred and fifty million ounces of gold discovered every decade. You know how many have been in this day decade? Zero. Zero. Mine supply is going to be falling for the next decade. And probably, maybe forever, I don't know. I mean, you would think with the satellites and all the geologists that that, that uh, if there was some huge deposit of gold somewhere, they would have found it already, but maybe not. Who knows? It's going to have to go a lot higher to pay for it. Let's put it that way. But Goldman, they, they brought up the supply part. They did. But they started talking about risk factors. And they brought up 
some things that I thought were very, very telling. First on the list, the, the list, real interest rates. Listen, and again, I want, I, I want this thing to work. But no Fed chief, they're talking, no one's taking rates above 2%. Nobody's going to do it. It's not going to happen. I don't even think it gets to 2 But let's just say it did. They're not going to go higher, at least not because they want them to, right? They may go higher, but if they go higher than 2 then you're probably talking about 22 right? It'd be, I don't even want to think about it. It's too hard. I don't want to think about it. Real interest rates. Goldman Sachs doesn't believe that the the long term trend for for interest rates is higher. Right? They're kind of saying, "Listen, it's, that's not what's going to happen." And of course, it really makes sense because when the debt's forty trillion dollars, really, can you afford to pay any interest? Of course not. People talk about uh, the next item on the list. By the way, debasement risk. We already have it. Anybody dumb enough? to loan people money for a year, five years, seven years, 10 years, 30 years, and lose money, right? That's a form of debasement. So when you have negative yields, which according to Goldman's research, they believe is coming again, right? That's already debasement. But I I got a feeling they're talking more about what I was saying they write books about, right? currency goes bye-bye, right? It just blows up. Sovereign balance sheet risk. And we're already seeing it. Right? We've seen little ones, right? We saw Cyprus and Greece, and now it's Puerto Rico, and, and we know uh, Illinois and Connecticut are, are going to leave the states. But now you're talking about, hey, listen, you know what, we, we're cya in here. I know we put these guys out on TV to talk about what's going to happen in the next 30 seconds. But this is the debt bubble. They know that they know what's coming. Don't be fooled. They know. Listen, they just don't talk about it. This isn't going to be the big headline on CNBC today. It's going to be the Treasury Secretary said, you better pass those tax cuts or else. That's going to be the headline geopolitical risk, right? Is it North Korea? Is it Iran? We don't know, right? They Then they go into the other market tail risk, right? And you just lump that in into the, hey, really, we had no idea what we were actually doing. And uh, we had another one of these bubbles pop, right? That That's kind of the, the catch-all category. But when you think about uh, what Goldman Sachs just talked about, and again, two attaboys in one day. Attaboy to Goldman, attaboy to Mnuchin. Hey, let's just tell the truth. Because you know what? It'd be a lot better. Right? We can deal with it then. But we want to live in denial. Right? We want to believe that the stock market rally is real. It's not real. I mean, it's real in the fact that it's at 23000 but what isn't real is how it got there. It didn't get there the old fashioned What was it? Smith Barney. We make money the old-fashioned way. We earn it, right? <laughs> I used to love that commercial. What a great commercial. 
I mean, when was that? That was probably like 30 years ago, and I can still recall it. And they didn't earn it. And, and, and we know they didn't earn it because look at the wages of Americans. And this is 20 years we're going on now. How much longer do you think we're going to be able to stand it? And now all of these the kick-the-can-down-the-road things are come and due. And, and I'm just going to tell you right now, and I believe this 1,000%, it's the best buying opportunity since 2001. U.S. $20 liberties, $1,280 at 800 951 Final segment coming up. Final segment today. By the way, there was a really big piece of economic data out. And again, this is why, you know, when they talk about we don't see a bubble, they're right there in front of your face. Construction for new homes fell 4.7% in November. I mean, that's, that's a staggering number. The biggest decline in six months. But reflecting weakness in both single-family and apartment activity. Home building has been sliding all year. But economists remain optimistic that the low level of unemployment will spark a rebound. See, there you go. These are big, big numbers. People can't afford the houses that they're building. They just can't. And you think higher rates is going to make it more affordable? You're crazy. But again, why, why, why talk about that? Right? We don't like the reality numbers. But again, this is this is one of those uh, diversion weeks. Let's talk about who the you know Fed governors and bring up guys' names that have no chance at ever being uh, the Fed chief and pretend that he could be and all this other stuff. But when you really look at what's happening. It is. It's very, very clear, right? The the employment numbers. The matter of fact, tomorrow I'm going to tell you right now. Tune in tomorrow. We're going to talk uh, about a lot of Fed policy beliefs and some more of the. You know, we've talked a lot about the Phillips curve. We're going to talk about another one tomorrow. Uh, about Milton Friedman and some of the things he had to say and how crazy all of this is. But really, when you when you think about what Goldman wrote, 91 pages worth, talking about how, you know what, we were wrong. doesn't matter that gold doesn't pay interest because paying no interest may be better than what's really coming. Right? Paying... Paying a little bit to hold your gold may be better than what is coming. Then they talk about debasement risk. And remember what I've told you. Listen, it's coming. There's no, you can't stop it. We went from $5 trillion to $20 trillion in about 15 years. We're going to go from $20 trillion to $40 trillion in less than 10. And at that point, the debasement talk is going to be in full fledged mode. Right now, they're just buying time. Don't be fooled. Why do you think they've been giving all of these, the free money to Wall Street? They're trying to buy time, trying to get ready. 
You need to be your own Federal Reserve. You need to be your own central bank. You need to try to keep some of that hard-earned money whole. You know, really, all it does is whatever $10,000, if you bought $10,000 worth of gold today, 10 years from now, whatever $10,000 bought today, 10 years from now with that gold, you'll be able to buy that same stuff. Right? So now if a new car is 35000 so you got to call and buy $35,000 worth of gold today, 10 years from now, when you want a new car, you can call me up, sell your gold, and the new car is probably going to be a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> right? You'll be able to do it. I mean, that's really what gold does. Patriot Radio News Hour, twenty dollars liberties. Absolutely incredible buy, twelve hundred and eighty dollars at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Everybody, take care. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow.